Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson, Rob Ensley, and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports Station and at seattlesports.com. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Weldcraft and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Harbor Marine, Ray Marine Electronics, and Les Schwab Tires. Welcome to Hour 2 of the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710, the Seattle Sports app. So, to say I'm fired up about this event, dude, I mean, this 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 brings together two of my absolute passions in life. One of them is salmon fishing in Puget Sound, okay, and Husky football. Get to bring them both together in the inaugural dog derby, and here to tell us all about it is none other than UW quarterback, Sam Heward. What's up, Sammy? Morning, Sam. Morning, buddy. Good morning, guys. How are we doing? We're doing, doing good. You're, are you working on your fishing fundamentals? Are you, you working on that hook set and everything? What are you, what are you working on, buddy? Uh, hopefully you're getting ready for the oh, big yeah, derby watching, in July. Been watching some YouTube videos, you know, you trying to get dialed in to go win this thing. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm looking no, forward but, to it. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun. All my teammates are fired up. We've all been talking about it already. Um, you know, even though it's not for a couple more months, you know, all the guys – found out about it this past week have all been you know talking to me about it telling me asking me all these questions i'm like you know we're just gonna go have a lot of fun we're gonna go enjoy it and it'll be a great event well you know a little bit of what to expect you've been on the boat a couple times with with your dad damon and you know chasing some salmon and some crab around puget sound so just to get that part of it going again is going to be a kick in the pants but um the port of everett has opened up a whole big dock location and and uh, almost uh, you know and, and almost an event uh, float for us as well. So this this is going to happen on the on the sixteenth of July, which is right in the heart of our Chinook season out there. And it's what I'm excited about is the chance for the fishing community to kind of express their support for the UW football program, but also that the football program is willing to you know jump in a few boats and and spend some time with you know, some of their fans is, is, you know, that's really what I'm fired up about, Sam. Yeah, no, me too. And I think, you know, with the whole new NIL thing, you know, I was really looking for ideas um, to kind of do something that, you know, really symbolize and represent something that's unique to the Northwest. And, you know, what's, what's more Northwest than a good old salmon derby. And, you know, I know I'm excited. Like I said, my teammates and I are excited. This will be a great event. Um, I feel like, you know, we really wanted to do this the right way. And thanks to you, Captain Tom, and a lot of people associated with UW and Steinberg Sports, who's helping me run this event. You know, it's good. we're going to do this the right way, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So I know you get a bunch of questions about NIL, and that's name, image, likeness. So this, this event is going to raise some money for Husky Football NIL. And that's the website, huskyfootballnil.com. How does that benefit and help out today's student-athletes, Sam? Yeah, you know, obviously the whole NIL landscape has really changed college football, um, you know, whether that's in recruiting or just players being able to, to make money off their name, image, and likeness, um, you know. But really, you know, for me and, you know, learning about this whole NIL thing, you know, it's not just an opportunity to, to make money for myself, um, but also to help give back to the community and put on cool events like this. Um, so something alongside with the NIL, I also created um, the Sam Heward Foundation, um, which is a little bit to help give that give back to the community you know that i know and love 
And, you know, a couple of things how I can, you know, give back is just to local charities. Um, just started this this uh, foundation a couple of weeks ago, so still kind of trying to figure out um, what all I'm going to do with it. But also another thing that I can do is help give back to some of my teammates as well. You know, obviously playing the quarterback position, we, we have the spotlight on us most of the time. And it's a lot easier, you know, for, for quarterbacks to, to kind of benefit from the NIL opportunity. So for me to be able to help do events, um, put together, you know, a salmon derby and, and be able to invite some of my teammates as well to, you know, give them some love and to help them, you know, benefit from the name image like this also is, you know, super important to me. And so, you know, I'm excited with the whole NIL thing. I'm excited, you know, what's to come with it and all the cool things that I can do to help get back to the community, but also, you know, use this as an opportunity to, you know, grow a, grow a foundation for myself and, and also build up, you know, my name and help and, and start trying to, you know, make some money off it and do some really cool things in the community. Well, the first event, is, we're just limiting it to 20 boats this first time out. So I, I think that's, and, I, and I'm pretty sure we're pretty close to halfway there. To sign up for this event, and we'll give this out a couple times, go to go to huskyfootballnil.com. Um, I tell you what, we're, we're, we've got uh, UW quarterback Sam Heward on the line here this morning. And, Sammy, you had one heck of a spring game last Saturday. It was your first outing, if you will, in the new Kalen DeBoer offense. Tell us a little bit about your new head coach, Kalen DeBoer, how he's fitting in with the squad, and what you think of the offense. Yeah, you know, I couldn't be more fired up when I heard the news about hiring Coach DeBoer. Um, I didn't know too much about him when I, you know, dug in and did some research and, and learned more about him. I, I was just extremely fired up. Um, I knew Jake Hayner a little bit when he was at UW before he transferred to Fresno, and, you know, I know he loved that offense, and he really lit it up. And, you know, I have, I have nothing but a ton of respect for Coach DeBoer. I've had some just great conversations with him since he got here. And, you know, if there's one word that I could use to describe him, just super genuine. And he loves football, and he's pushing us every day. This whole staff, they really are pushing us. And it was a great spring. It's been a great, you know, past couple months ever since they got there through winter workouts and now through spring ball. And just the energy with this team, it's really exciting. You know, there's a hunger. There's an excitement for – for this upcoming season because, you know, we have a lot to prove from, from last year. And, you know, I think that we've really put that behind us and we're moving forward and the best days for Husky football are ahead. And, and I couldn't be more excited with, with Coach DeBoer leading our team and, and for what's to come with Husky football. We're excited to watch you this next year, buddy. And of course, we're big fans of your dad and, and Brock as well. But we need to run you through some fishing terminology ahead of this big derby here because this is a big deal coming up. So, you know, you, no you need to talk to the guys. I mean, you need to know what a downrigger is, okay? And a flasher. Now, I'm sure you guys have flashers in the stands when you guys are, are playing, but this is a, a salmon-attracting device, okay, that the guys put down to, to attract the salmon spoon. Fish on, you know, when you, it's almost like scoring a touchdown. You get a fish on, you yell fish on, everybody puts their hands in the air like a touchdown. Yep, yep. But you need to run this run this by some of the guys, get them going, so they don't look like uh, complete. Uh, well, we're the ones that will look like the morons out there. We want you guys to look good out there on the water, and I'm sure you will. But this is a super cool event. I know Tom is just jacked up for this. I wish I was going to be there for this event. It's going to be they're going to be awesome. And uh, Tom and the gang there, the, the rest of the boaters are going to get you guys into some salmon because there's there's some good kings running through that time of year out in the Puget Sound, buddy. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, it'll be great. I mean, like I said, you know, my, my teammates have all been coming up to me. They're like a uh, couple from other different parts of the country, and they're like, I've never been salmon fishing before. And they're like, gosh, i got to, you know, start doing my research and doing my homework and get ready for this event. So, <laughs> I love I mean, it. 
we're all we're all excited. We'll be dialed in. And, um, you know, like you said, it'll be a lot of fun. Well, we could, we, we, you and I and your dad may get out and, you know, cheat just a little bit, right? We'll just, you know, practice. Maybe, maybe not necessarily cheating. We're just going to drink, no, right? It's not yeah. cheating. Cheating. Yeah. No, 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 no it's not, not cheating. cheating. Just, just, you know, it's, no, we're, no, we're, we're doing, practicing. We'll be, yeah, we'll what be practicing man? doing research. Right. Research. Yeah. That's yes. what I meant to say. Yeah. And, and, you yeah. know, <laughs> it was important to your go. dad that, that you're, that you're fishing on a 30 foot boat because your dad said there, there's something important about what, why is 30 feet so important to a quarterback? 30 feet? Yeah. What's 30 feet? Come on, man. It's a first down. It's pocket, 10 yards. Pocket. It's 10 yards, dude. Come on. You got you got that. You got the you got just so much <laughs> space around you. You got to get 30 feet for what? The first down. So that's what we got to do. We got to move the ball. We got to go catch some salmon. Let's roll. <laughs> oh, man. You're going under your bus. You're under the bus when your dad hears this. That's for mm-hmm. sure. It took you that long for 30 feet, buddy. <laughs> no, man. I look forward to having you on the boat. Sam Heward, we appreciate it. The event is the first annual, the inaugural Dog Derby, July 16th, 2020, at the Port of Everett. Jump on to Husky Football nil.com hit the events tab jump on this event we're limiting it 20 boats first time out sammy can't wait to get you out in the boat again dude we're gonna get that rod of yours good and bent buddy yeah i can't wait to get out there thank you so much for for all your help with this and looking forward to it. it'll be a lot of fun yeah thank no you. doubt See thank, you, buddy. thanks for your thanks time for today buddy. thanks a lot sam later sammy of course thank you Have all right going, guys. take care Bye. all right coming up next the award-winning critically acclaimed northwest outdoor port right here in the outdoor line seattle sports 710 and the seattle sports app the Northwest Outdoor Report is brought to you by Les Schwab Tires, taking your safety seriously for over 70 years. Link cod season kicked off in Puget Sound last Sunday with a bang. Big tides didn't hamper the bite much, and anglers caught link cod in the San Juan Islands and on Position Bar near Everett. Nick Kessler from All Star Charter said his guests weeded through a bunch of sublegal links to get their keepers on Possession Bar. Connor Martinez from John Sporting is in Everett found a similar scenario in the San Juan Islands with plenty of link cod despite the heavy currents. Tides in Puget Sound this next week are much more favorable for targeting links around the rocky structure in the Sound. Link cod season in Puget Sound runs from May 1st through June 15th, and links need to be between 26 and 30. 36 inches to keep. Blue Mountain elk calf survival lowest since the year 2000. A recent survey from WDFW showed the lowest elk calf survival for that Blue Mountain elk herd since the year 2000. Just 17 calves per 100, excuse me, 17 calves per 100 cows are making it to their first birthday in the blues. To break even, that ratio needs to be somewhere in the 20s, and to rebuild a herd, it needs to be even higher. Cougars are mostly blamed for the crash in elk survival, followed by wolves, bears, and bobcats. Population goal for that herd is 5,500 head, and right now the population estimate for the Blue Mountain herd sits at 3,600 elk, well below the goal for that herd. Kevin John from Holiday Sports in Burlington said he heard of a couple springers caught on the lower Skagit since it opened on Sunday. Kevin said the springers were caught on bait-wrapped quick fish in the Cedar Woolly area. The Lower Skagit is open for Hatchery Spring Chinook for the month of May from Memorial Bridge in Mount Vernon to Gilligan Creek above Cedar Woolley. Brianna Bruce from Living Life Adventures says the kokanee bite on Lake Stevens has picked up a bit this past week. She says the bite is a little schizophrenic right now with the wild weather we've been having lately, but overall it's definitely getting better. Brianna says one day you'll go catch 15 to 20 kokanee, and the next it's a struggle to just get a handful. Once the weather stabilizes, she thinks the bite will also stabilize. Her go-to kokanee rig this spring has been a greener chartreuse fly 12 inches behind a Dick Knight Dodger. She's been tipping them with shoe peg corn. Brianna said greener orange spinners have also been working for kokanee in Lake Stevens. For kokanee trip in Washington, look Brianna up at livinglifeadventures.com. Post-spawn walleye biting on potholes. Shelby Ross from Ross Outdoor Adventures says the walleye bite's been pretty solid on potholes this week. 
like everything else, the weather's definitely keeping them guessing how the bite are going to go each and every day. Ross says most of the walleye are back out in the main lake now after spawning, and he's finding them in the open bays back in the dunes. Shelby said the night crawlers on the slow death hooks and crankbaits are both working great right now. They're catching limits of walleye most days, and they've, they've released several in the 20 to 25-inch range this past week. The coastal marine areas in Marine Area 5 and CQ opened Thursday for halibut. The opener coincided with an 11-foot swell out of the west that kept quite a few boats off the water. The coastal marine areas in the western strait in Marine Area 5 are open Thursdays and Saturdays from May 5th through the 21st and Friday and Sunday on Memorial Day weekend. There's more days scheduled in June if the quota is not met in these areas. Always be sure to check the WDFW website for details about these halibut openers. Razor Clan Digging is open today on Long Beach, Twin Harbors, and Copalis beaches on the Washington coast. It's the last day of the current round of Razor Clan Digs, and WTFW hasn't made an announcement whether there will be any more digs for the season. Limits 20 Razor Clans per person, and you've got to keep the first 20 that you dig. Watch the WDFW website for information about any possible digs coming up in May. If you're a football fan who's also a fisherman, this may well be the perfect event for you. Introducing the first annual Dog Derby at the Port Ever on Saturday, July 16th. The Dog Derby is sure to be one of the most unique fundraising events in the Pacific Northwest. This Hatchery Chinook Tournament pairs current University of Washington football players with a participating guest in a one-day salmon fishing tourney, which includes a skippered boat, fishing gear, breakfast, lunch, fishing, event hoodies, official weigh-in ceremonies, and much more. The limits, the, the inaugural event is limited to 20 boats, so hurry on over to huskyfootballnil.com to get registered and get in the game. If you missed UW quarterback Sam's Ewers rundown of this event in the previous segment, hit the podcast at theoutdoorline.com. Northwest Bass is hoping hosting the annual Big Bass Tournament on Potholes Reservoir next Saturday, May 14th. The tournament boasts the biggest prize winnings in the Northwest with 50000 in cash and prize. It's an hourly weigh-in in the tournament for a chance to win a 2022 Skeeter Bass boat with the Yamaha 200 VMAX outboard worth $53,000. Registration is open and anglers can find more about the Big Bass Tournament at nwbass.com. Hunters can now submit their special hunt applications in Washington. The period to submit open on April 19th and will run through May 19th. In the drawing, hunters have the chance to win special tags for deer, elk, mountain goat, moose, bighorn sheep, and fall turkey. Drawing one of these tags gives a lucky winner the chance to hunt at special times and places that allow them the best chance to harvest a trophy animal. Get more information about the special hunt drawing on the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife website. The Northwest Outdoor Report has been brought to you by Les Schwab Tires. Find the best in tires, brakes, wheels, batteries, shocks, struts, and more at lesschwab.com. I am fired up about the dog derby, dude. I couldn't tell. That's going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be, be awesome. Man. And yep. you know, having football players on the boat, they, they're they so coachable. Like, you know, that's one thing we learned with Shane. Like, that guy's coachable. He he watches what I do, and pretty soon he's back there. He's running the downrigger. So I'm excited to have some more football players I, on the boat. Well, and you I, get some locker room stuff, too. You, yeah, we yeah, can yeah, talk yeah. to them yeah. a little differently than we can most people. So, yeah. Shane, man, that's going to be a blast. Shane's a little too coachable because, you know, we were on some Lincod structure, and Joey frags one of my favorite jig rods, and five minutes later, Shane breaks one, too. So, I mean, you know, there's, there's coaching. They're good coaching and bad coaching. Listen, you know? I'll <laughs> weed out the, the bad rods on the boat. I'll find them and I'll break them. I can imagine that guy's hook set is lightning fast. It's you know? lightning I mean, fast. And he's also so tall and like his yeah. arms are so long. When he sets the hook, you yeah. know, the, the tip of the rod it travels is like, like eight feet. Yeah, it's like 
22 feet in the air. <laughs> you guys, some of the stories you guys, oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, that just kills me. Yeah, yeah. And with Kevin Gogan too, that guy's just nonstop hilarity so, when he's around. <laughs> and, and, and so the thing of it is, Gogan and Sam Heward's dad, Damon, were, were teammates on the, uh, on, on the uh, Dolphins, the Miami mm-hmm. Dolphins. And, and so Gogan has already heard about this event and has volunteered his services as master of ceremonies. Oh, this, I love it. This, yes. <laughs> if, if that actually happens, the inaugural event, it could be the last event, too. You know, with Gog, <laughs> just it very well could go uh, south. Do they have a dump, dump button on the microphone? No, they at don't. The, at the no. ceremony there? But <laughs> I, so I just got to take a minute here, though, and, and say something about the Port Everett because, it, you know, they are very fired up for this event. And if it wasn't for the Port, having the, you know, allowing us to do this, this NIL event for the University of Washington, it wouldn't have come off the way it was. Similarly with Salmon for Soldiers, Robbo, how much has, you know, Salmon for Soldiers exists in its current form because of the hospitality of the Port of Everett. Absolutely. They've been over backwards to make it all happen. They're incredible people. That facility is amazing. Uh, all the amenities there, um, just a fantastic area. And then you got Bayside Marine and, and Harbor yep. Marine there too. Yep. Um, all those folks are just wonderful. Yeah. In, and in, in making Salmon for Soldiers happen. You know. And, and, and are we still looking for some captains, Robbo, for Salmon for Soldiers? We are. Okay. Yeah, Salmon yeah, for Soldiers still looking. Get, yep. yeah, get on SalmonForSoldiers.com and send a message if you're interested in taking some veterans out fishing on September 17th. Uh, good coho return this fall. Uh, should be a great day, regardless of what the fishing's like. Though it's it's just. It's just amazing taking some vets out and getting to getting to learn about them and and just a, a chance to say thank you to our veterans that have served our country. It's, so definitely get on there and get signed up and and uh, we'll hopefully see you there. The day of honor is September seventeenth at the Port Everett. Super easy to get involved. We're going to be broadcasting live, probably either either from Harbor or Bayside, whoever whoever will open up the doors and let us we'll let, in. Whoever, let whoever lets us, in. us in the door. Yeah, and then, uh, of course, we'll be running the boat out, out in there, and uh, I, I can't wait. And, and, Rob, I'm telling you, man, I'm here to tell you. it's gonna be, Last year's coho fishery was solid. The forecast for this fishery is is even more. I, I It's it's going to be great. I can't wait. September 17th, the Day of Honor. Go to SalmonForSoldiers.com. All right, we're going to pop out of here for a quick break. Angling legend Buzz Ramsey joining us now to talk about that Wind River fishery, Drano, but also the plight of the fish heading up and back down the Snake River and and the case for dam removal. Here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Get in, sit down, hold on, and listen up. You're in the RenaissanceMarineGroup.com's wheelhouse, brought to you by Weldcraft, Duckworth, and Northwest Boats. Well, it's always a treat when we get a, this gentleman in our wheelhouse every now and then, Joey. And with the number of salmon heading over Bonneville right now, it's only right that we have angling icon Buzz Ramsey on the show. Good morning. Good Mr. morning, Ramsey. Buzz. you got to be excited Hi, about what's happening down there on the Columbia. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what was it? Uh, Thirteen thousand fish went over here, not here uh, just last. Er, yeah, earlier I guess. this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's beating the tar yeah. out of the ten-year average right now, and it just it it just goes to show what the Columbia is capable of if you just give this crick a chance, you know. Absolutely, <laughs> that's really true. Yeah, hey, it's. Hey. Uh, you know what a lot of people don't realize is that. Seventy percent of the remaining habitat in the Columbia Basin is in the Snake River watershed. And yeah, that's incredible. Do these springers 
does the bite change a little bit when they get over Bonneville? It seems like below Bonneville, it's herring, 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 and more herring. When they The second they cross Bonneville, though, it seems like they get on some different stuff. You can hit them with plugs, with prawn spinners, with all kinds of goofy stuff, super baits. Um, what's kind of the drill once they cross Bonneville and get into Wind and Drano and, and even in the main stem of the Columbia up there, Buzzy? Well, of course, of course, you can catch them on herring up here, blood cut or whole herring. Uh, people do use that occasionally, but but of course, it does begin to change. I think some of that's because the water is beginning to warm, and uh, you know the fish uh, the fish team seem to respond to other other things, you know, scent, and uh, and of course, prawns being a good one. There's even a fairly good egg bite up this way, and of course, lures of all types work. But of course, the the dominant method. At Drano in the wind is a pro troll with a with a prawn spinner, and that that uh, a team seems to dominate the, the fishery these days. So yeah, yeah, it does it does change a little bit. Some of it I think is because of slower trolling speeds. Um, people tend to troll a little slower up here, perhaps. Um, uh, with with the pro troll, you know the pro troll, the the one that's popular, of course, is the one that has a fin on it that you can troll slower, and uh, so yeah. There's well, a lot of pro trolls going around there. <laughs> Drano. Yeah. Holy mackerel. Well, and, I mean, and the, they, they, the, like a toilet bowl going around there with the, all those pro trolls that's what, around. That's exactly how they describe the, you know, the, that whole Drano Lake deal. It's a, if, if, if you haven't been down to the home valley and experienced either one of these two terminal fisheries, the Drano is, is a tighter fishery in that it's the, the fish come in and you're, you're restricted to kind of fishing the, the Drano Lake portion, which is underneath a railroad trestle, and, and it's a tight circle, guys, pulling it. More anglers prefer the wind, the wind River, which is kind of an open, more open river mouth. You can't fish the main stem. You're, you're cut off by a buoy line out there. But, Buzz, guys will go out and hang out on that buoy line where, where those Chinook that are possibly headed upriver will kind of dip in a little bit. Tell us a little bit about how you would fish that, uh, that little more open t- uh, character of that Wind River um, area on the Columbia River. Well, it kind of depends on flows, and of course, the spring runoff is just just we're just the beginnings of the spring runoff. So, so if the water if the Columbia's high and somewhat dirty, uh, it, it'll crowd that fishery in towards the shore, the Washington shore more. But if the river is uh, stays, you know, the weather stays cool, then uh, then of course either it's clear all the way out, and uh, and guys will like you say hug that that. Uh, that deadline out there, which is a buoy line out there, a suspended buoy. So it's actually a bubble fishery at that in that area. And generally speaking, the guys will troll downstream out by the buoy line, and then they'll make a turn. Uh, there's a little island out there, and they'll make a turn. A lot of them will make a turn before they get to that island, and they'll come in, and they'll troll upstream to, uh, reasonably close to the shoreline. Uh, of course, that can change depending on river height, but that's the kind of the general rule. And, uh, and yeah, the pro troll thing is a big deal there. But you can catch them trailing plugs like a maglip or a quick fish or whatever. And uh, uh, even, a, even the old wiggle wart probably still works. <laughs> Buzz, you mentioned eggs. Um, talk a little bit about how are guys fishing eggs in Drano or in wind? Well, generally speaking, the, uh, if, if you're talking the wind, there's a, you know, the channel that comes out from the mouth of the wind. You know, you come out of the wind and you kind of go downstream from when you go underneath the railroad bridge. You go downstream and then you jut back out. That's kind of, the, there's kind of a narrowing channel there. There's a lot of silt in there these days, so there's a, there, but there is a deep slot through there. 
And then once you get out to where you're looking right out to Columbia, there's kind of a, the old channel kind of juts on out there, and it's a little deeper than the surrounding waters. And guys will anchor alongside that channel and cast into it with bobbers on a, a slip bobber, you know, to where to where it's uh, your bait is suspended maybe a foot or two above bottom, and so you set your bobber stop. So, you know, generally out there it's it can be 18 foot or so, depending on the height of the Columbia, and uh, and you fish your eggs right there. You know, most guys will anchor up and they'll cast. As far as uh, of course, the bobber goes down. You got to set the hook, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And a lot of guys will tag that bobber. They'll use eggs with it, but they'll ta- they'll also maybe the fish can sometimes be finicky. They'll they'll hang a prawn on there, or they'll hang a, a sardine fillet on there, or something. Add a little something extra to it sometimes. Drano Lake. I mean, you could catch them anywhere in there on a bobber, but the the arm that juts up towards the hatchery, towards the deadline up the of the arm of the Little White Salmon River. That channel that comes out there just before it enters the main lake, they'll they'll sit along in there and bobber fish. In fact, there's a few people been doing it already, and uh, they'll bobber fish mostly eggs. But like I say, they'll sometimes tip it with other other uh, baits, and uh, and they'll just sit there. And of course, if you have a if you have a two rod endorsement, you can you can fish two rods. So guys will line up those bobbers and uh, wait for those fish to pull them down. <laughs> is that is the, does the egg fishery kind of get rolling a little bit later once those fish are kind of staging? They've been in there for a little while. Seems like well, as the water warms, the the egg bite gets better. But I saw a guy catch one the other day down there uh, on eggs, and uh, so yeah, they're doing it uh, over by the mouth of the. Now I'm hearing this from guys. I, I didn't get a chance to go over. I haven't got a chance to go over and try it from shore. But some of the guys from shore are casting out with a weight, you know, a sinker, maybe, I don't know, five ounces or whatever, and and then they've got a liter of maybe three foot to a bobber, and then just above the bobber, they got a two-hook set up with a, with a prawn, mm-hmm. and they're catching them doing that, I hear. So, I, like I say, I haven't tried that yet, so I'm... I'm getting this, uh, you know, secondhand. <laughs> Guys figured that get, out, though. That, that, that bobber keeps that prawn up off the bottom. That's a, yeah, that's a, that's a handy little trick there for Plunkin. You mentioned that 70% of the habitat is up in that Snake River drainage. Um, of course, you're all over the Snake River dam removal thing and, uh, and on top of it and have all the intel on it. Where, where are we sitting with this right now? What are you hearing about this, this, uh, this move to, re- to get those, those dams out of there, Buzz? Well, here's the scoop, right? You know, every, every since the, the fish in the upper basin were listed under the Endangered Species Act, the, uh, the, and the federal government had to come up with a recovery plan, every recovery plan since the, mid, the mid-'90s has been challenged in court because they don't. It doesn't meet what's needed to recover the salmon, and so sport fishing groups, uh, environmentalists, and tribal members uh, sue the federal government, sue the plan. We win every time we've won with every administration, and then the federal government. And then it's the federal government's responsibility to come up with a new plan that hopefully models out for recovery. But they never do. And so, in a large way, that's why our fishing seasons are so restricted on the Columbia, because we can't get a plan that really models out for recovery. And, of course, I would say, and others would say, we're not going to get one that models out unless we breach those dams. So, so right now, uh, we've agreed with the court to hold off 
on our suit on the latest plan until I think it's July, and uh, and that is giving time for um, for our governor in Washington and uh, and Patty Murray to study the issue and try to come up with some mitigation ideas to to. uh, try to keep everybody whole. The, this new thing, and what opened my eyes, and I think that of a lot of people, was when uh, when uh, Mike Simpson, uh, a congressman from Idaho, came up with a plan and and decided that his main focus was going to be not only breach the dams to recover the salmon, but keep everybody whole. Everybody that might be affected by removing those dams would be kept whole. And uh, he, his proposal, thirty over $30 billion proposal, was to keep everybody whole, drown the region really with money, and, uh, and, and recover salmon at the same time. So we're kind of waiting on this, uh, this uh, review, if you will, and then we'll see what the political winds do. But, uh, but you know, I think I don't know how many of our listeners really understand the diff- what's going on. It's it's not that any one dam is so bad. It's a cumulative effect of eight dams between the ocean and where seventy percent of the remaining habitat in the Columbia Basin is in the Snake River watershed. Well. We, we were able to spend a little time on this topic, Buzz, you and I, and, and we should mention we're talking with angling icon Buzz Ramsey today, and the topic on the table is, is, is the proposal to remove the four dams on the lower Snake River. So to this point, we've spent, in, in, in your words, we've spent over $19 billion on extinction. Okay, uh, Representative Simpson's proposal states that we we need to spend 30 billion on removal and mitigation for some of the economic impact of these four dams. Now we're talking about kind of a, a, a tripod of, of issues here. And number one is hydropower. Number two is irrigation and number three is transportation. Right now it's, it's not really an overstatement to say that the breadbasket of Eastern Washington are that those dry and, and irrigated farmlands in the southeast corner of the state, Buzz? And right now, that that irrigation is is a big deal, and that and and then once that once those crops are harvested, the transportation of sending these down the river is definitely going to be an issue. So, by coming to the table, and if all the industries do with with you know in in good faith, come to the table, they have a chance to really be part of the solution instead of fighting. Um, and, and maintaining what eventually is going to come down maybe as a court order once the you know these these runs fall a little bit farther so this Simpson 2.0 plan that and I believe it's going to come out potentially later this month that's going to be reviewed by you know by the politicians currently in office right now may indeed have what we need to move forward what what's your anticipation of what you're going to see when this latest report comes out later in later uh, this summer well, it's hard to really know, but a lot of a lot of our political leaders on both sides of the aisle uh, really have. I mean, after you know, since the mid '90s, these fish have been on the Endangered Species Act. They're worse off now than they were then. Uh, 
especially the wild stocks. But the dams, the dams don't differentiate wild from hatchery. They grind them all up. So, so, and I say all. I mean, all that go through the powerhouse, about ten to twelve percent get ground up at each dam. And so, you multiply that times eight dams, and you can see that uh, why why our fisheries are so restricted and why salmon are in trouble. Um, I don't know what they're going to come up with. I, the hope is, the thought is that this. This is going to happen. It's either going to happen with cooperative partners, uh, being all that are everyone that's involved, or likely down the road, uh, a suit brought forward is going to result in a judge uh, saying these dams got to go. These four dams on the Lower Snake River, which is in eastern Washington, these four dams got to go, and uh, and then that risks those uh, players uh, that are that are dependent on the the benefits of, of the Lower Snake River hydro system being being left out in the cold. And so people need to get on board with this. Uh, in my mind, it's going to happen. Uh, it's just a matter of when. And uh, and if we want to recover salmon to abundance, uh, it's something that needs to happen. Quickly, I, too. You know, we need to get it yeah, done well, quickly. Because we do. And, and the issue is, you, Buzz, when we were talking earlier this week, you mentioned that the, the, the removal of these dams could result in something along the productivity of what the the Hanford Reach on, on the which is the last free flowing stretch of the Columbia that cranks out in excess of a million upriver brights every year. If we restore this 140 miles of free flowing snake, we would see that in addition. I mean, we're we're looking at the potential to more than double the returns of hatchery and wild steelhead, along with spring and spring and summer chinook in 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 this stretch. I. You you can't ignore these facts. You cannot ignore these facts. Plus, yeah, the the spring chinook run would could could conceivably double or more. I mean, we could on a good ocean, good flow, good ocean year with those four fewer impacts of four fewer dams. They'll still have to go through the four dams in Lower Columbia. That's accepted. Um, but the spring chinook run could uh, could range between you know a, a half to one million fish a year with a full fishing season. Uh, and of course, spring chinook, steelhead, they they're going in those upper high elevation tributaries. But but by breaching those dams, you're freeing up 140 miles of the Lower Snake River, where fall salmon could recolonize that whole stretch. It would be a more a larger area in miles than the Hanford reaches now. So the opportunity with fall chinook is unbelievable. Um, uh, you know, and and the the fall chinook and the snake. There are some fall chinook and the snake, and I think ocean abundance on those is, you know, the Hanford Reach. They only have to pass four dams. Right. Those that the, the, those fish that little stretch will put a million plus fish in the ocean. Not you know, of course, after harvest, there's not as many come back. But the Snake River currently might put fifty thousand in the ocean. So, but that Snake River has a potential, a lower Snake River, to produce more fish than the Hanford Reach ultimately. And so, we're looking at a huge, huge project, a restoration project as far as fish. It would change the entire fishing on the entire West Coast of North America, all the way to the Gulf of Alaska, where a lot of these fish go. It would change the fishery dramatically and instead right now if we stay on the current path we're going to waste a whole lot more money trying to recover salmon and not get there when you look at the total mortalities on the on the columbia river you add up predatory fish you add up bird predation pinnipeds and human fisheries none of them amount to half of the mortality 
caused by the dams on the Columbia River. It's only by removing these dams that we are really only going to gain in, in, in salmon in abundance here in the Pacific Northwest. Buzz, I, I can't thank you for enough for your leadership on this. And you out, you have an article coming out shortly in the Salmon Steelhead Journal um, that, that outlines some of this. And I, I believe it's entitled Fishing for Snake River Dam Removal. Well, I'll let my editor figure that out. <laughs> That's what's on my draft okay. that I uh, shared with you in confidence. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so uh, that, that article will, will run here in an upcoming issue of Salmon and Steelhead Journal, and it outlines this. And it also answers a lot of the questions about mitigating, how to mitigate, and how big of a deal some of these uh, reasons for, you know, the opposition, you know, states in their their argument against dam breaching, which if we don't breach these dams, these fish are marching towards extinction. Yeah, we may have a few years where it bumps up, like this one, but, but uh, in fact, real quick, you remember, Tom, all of you guys remember, when... In the mid-90s, the entire upriver-bound run of Spring Chinook was less than 11,000 fish. Mm-hmm. And nature threw us a bone. We had huge snowpack, big runoff, a lot of water going over the top of the dam, which is safe passage for juvenile fish going out. And we, they met super good ocean conditions. And by 2001, we had 390,000 Spring Chinook past Bonneville Dam. These fish just need a fighting chance, and they can recover quickly. Let's all keep that in mind. Absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's no question about it. And, you, and, the, and the combined electrical output of the Snake River dams is less than, is between 3 to 5% of the total demand here in Washington. Okay? We're talking about yeah, irrigation. That's not worth it's a not. Bunch of these it, salmon going extinct. It, so we're talking about irrigation and transportation. We need to address those issues and, and potentially get these Snake River dams out. Buzz Ramsey, we cannot, again, thank you enough for your leadership on this issue, and uh, and we'll be in touch. We're going to count on you being in the boat down uh, see you at Bowie 10, yeah, Buzz. See you at Bowie 10 in August, buddy. Thank you, Buzz. I can't, I can't wait, my fishy friends. We're <laughs> going to have fun. Go catch some of those springers, buddy. <laughs> Okay. All right. See you guys. Have a great weekend. See you, man. All right, Buzz. Thank you so much, man. All right. Coming up next, the hottest report we heard all week and the techniques you need to succeed. It's Roy Robinson RVs, really? Where? And it's next here in the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports 710 and the Seattle Sports app. No way. You gotta be kidding me. Really? Where? It's coming back. The island of Tinian Delady. Where'd you get him, man? No way. You, you gotta tell me. I, I, I'm not gonna tell anybody. Ocean Journey Red. Hey man, can you tell me where you got him? I'll never put on a life jacket again. Welcome to RoyRobinsonRV.com's Really? Where? Where? RoyRobinsonRV.com will take you anywhere. Really? It's time to step up to the number one Winnebago dealer in the Northwest, Roy Robinson RV. You're going to find a complete line of Class A's, Class B's, Super C's, travel trailers, fifth wheelers, tow haulers, pop-ups, truck campers, and so very much more, including the interactive tow machine, tow shopping tool. How much can I tow? Enter your vehicle. And you're going to find out how what your gross tow vehicle weight is. All at Roy Robinson RV, RoyRobinsonRV.com. All right, I Rob. think that the hottest thing going here, guys, is the link card. Uh, opener here in the sound uh, of course we've got freshwater opportunity going on all over the state right now i mean gosh you got all the lakes are planted walleye fishing on the east side kokanee thing heating up bass um i mean the lakes are obviously going to be jumping here if we, as soon as you guys get some some stable weather down there it's going to be crazy but really if you want to put some some great eating fish in the freezer right now 
Man, the Lincoln thing in Puget Sound is where it's at. And this next week, the tides are perfect uh, to get out on the sound, get some Lincoln, even down the South Sound, down the Narrows. Um, you know, what Lincoln are in the Narrows are going to get caught this next week because the tides are just, just awesome in the sound. How do you get them? Uh, we talk about fishing live bait all the time here on the Outdoor Line. Sand dabs, greenling, pogies, bullheads. Mostly a sand dab drill or a greenling drill. If you're up in the San Juan Islands, the greenling thing up there uh, is really good. And half the fun is just catching the bait, too. I mean, catching sand dabs and greenling is pretty fun. Uh, rig them up on, on, a, on a mooching-style setup um, and just fish them live along the kelp or, or on possession bar. They just drift that stuff across the, across the bar. But really, the, the swim bait thing, too, is something that came up earlier in the show. Uh, the, the folks up in, in the San Juan Islands that fished last weekend and did really well on swim baits, um, that's a fun way to go, and, and you can catch and release some of the undersized fish. Uh, four to ounce, you know, four to eight ounce jig head, big hammer swim bait, even just some of your grub tails, your root beer, orange, black grub tail. When you when you're looking for a jig head, make sure it's got a barb on it to hold the plastic on. And if it keeps sliding down, you can put a zip tie on there too and tighten it down real tight, either a black or a white zip tie, and keep that grub from falling down on you. But that's a great way to go. You can cast them. Um, gosh, you know, uh, Joe, you said Connor Martinez and those guys were just literally dropping them to the bottom and just letting them kind of sit and swim in the current. And they were just roping them uh, up there in the San Juans on the, on the opener last weekend. So that's kind of what's going on in the sound right now. The Lincod thing is is definitely front and center right now. Yeah, and, uh, and you know, you mentioned the freshwater thing. I got out on uh, Lake Stevens last Sunday uh, with Nick Pulley. Um, ah, good kokanee fishing, man. Once we kind of dialed it in and figured it out. I, we probably hooked about 30 kokanee and we put 18 of those delicious little buggers in the, in the, uh, the Bomac, uh, cooler. And, um, you know, that's only going to get better. Like you said, as this water, uh, or this weather stabilizes, uh, it's going to get better and better, the fishing out there. And there's tons of kokanee. I mean, they were jumping everywhere. We were marking big schools of them on the finder. Um, so yeah, get out and get out and do some kokanee fishing too. Well, this time next Saturday, I'll actually be a little bit North of Rabo. So, yeah. uh, this is the time of year where you and I get to compare notes, buddy, and, uh, seeing what's, uh, yeah. seeing what's coming by Southeast and then kind of get a view on what's going to be actually, uh, heading down the coast and what we're going to look at this summer. So looking, looking forward to it, man. We've been, uh, We've been comparing notes like this for a couple of decades now. A long time. Yeah, no kidding. No question yeah. about it. Missed any of the show? Jump on MyNorthwest.com. Hit TheOutdoorLine.com. Download the Apple uh, Apple Podcast app. Uh, give Joey Pyburn a follow at Joey Pyburn at, at Instagram, at Rob Ensley, or at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at The Outdoor Line. For Matt Nelson, for Joey Pyburn, Rob Ensley up north is Tom Nelson. This is The Outdoor Line on Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app.